0: Welcome to the avail podcast, where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we're sitting down with Dave Gibbons. Dave is an advisor, speaker, and author who has a passion for the creative arts. He loves getting in touch with leaders and their organizations worldwide to advise and strategize. He specializes in working with venture capitalists, C-suite leaders, entertainers, and athletes. Today, he'll be sharing some of his creative insights and leadership wisdom as we talk about innovation and getting into the flow state. So get ready, leaders, and let's get started. We are back, everybody. It's another episode of the Avail podcast where we talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra. I'm the lead pastor of Vertical Church, a.k.a. Iglesia Vertical in South Florida, And we are honored today to be with an amazing leader, Dave Gibbons. I had the privilege and honor of translating to Spanish for Dave Gibbons at Summit Latino 2022 in Miami, Florida. That's where we met, and that's where I encountered this amazing, amazing Christian leader. Dave, it's an honor to have you here on the AVAIL podcast. How are you feeling?
1: Man, I am so glad I'm alive. (laughs) I'm feeling it today, man. I'm happy to hang out with you, my brother. Yeah, when I met you, when I met you at Summit Latino, which
0: was a big uh, uh, Spanish comf- conference for leaders and pastors, man, I was I was so blessed, and, and so many people were so blessed and impressed uh, with with your communication and what you shared with us. I'm excited to talk leadership, but before we jump into some very interesting uh, leadership topics, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna mention we're going to talk about developing innovation, the creative process. We're going to talk about the flow, what that means. And we're also going to talk a little bit about a challenge nowadays, which is the political polarization that's happening even amongst Christians and our churches. Uh, before we do that, Dave, can you just share a little bit about yourself? I want our audience to lean in and get to know who is Dave Gibbons.
1: All right, man. I'm kind of an anomaly guy. You know, I'm this <laughs> an, a crazy misfit person but my my dad's wife mom's american immigrated here when i was like two years old so i understand that immigration journey and the pain of it all but also the joy and beauty um i have four kids they range from 27 to 33 they live all over the country and then i also have a wife i've been married to for 38 years and uh, we live here in southern california and i'm telling you what i I feel like life's getting better as I get older. <laughs>
0: you know, I hear that a lot. I hear that a lot from some, some, some friends that I have. And uh, what a beautiful thing, um, I, just to give a little bit of perspective. Uh, you, you are very unique. I, I think you play a very unique role because you're, you're what I consider a high level leader uh, and you're working with all kinds of people. What's, what's, what are some of the leaders that you kind of um, specialize in working with specifically in this season?
1: I work with a lot of venture capitalists and hedge fund managers, uh, specifically in, in New York and Silicon Valley and then Asia, South America. And then I also work in the entertainment sector with uh, entertainers that are influencing the world and also who producing some of the top feature films. And so I work with their teams and their CEOs and founders. And then I also work with you know, professional athletes and political government leaders. So <laughs> I'm having a lot of fun. That's yeah.
0: Well, you know, I think it's amazing when I see um, people of God that are that are called to every area of society, Mm -hmm. to every area of of our of our culture. Um, And I think this is going to be a great conversation. Uh, I want to I want our leaders here on Avail to just lean in and get some insight. Let's start off. Let's start off in the area of of developing innovation, the creative process. I know this is something that's that's. It's one of your sweet spots. Uh, talk to us a little bit about innovation.
1: Well, you know, a lot of times, especially in moments like this, people feel stuck and they just don't know what to do. And I found that, you know, if a person can kind of know the stage they're in of development, that they can know how to navigate it and how to get out of the, um, you know, the, the, the confusion or mm. lack of clarity. So I came up with this process in working with some of the creatives that I've been dealing with for the last 10 years. And it's kind of like the hero's journey, but I call it like the innovation journey. And I call it E8, okay, E8, so you can remember it. they they all start with E's. And so the first stage is Echo, where that stage is when we just copy people. That's a normal part of when you need to create something new, you just copy. Uh And it's like a child, a baby, they copy their parents, you know, mama, dada. And you do that when you're learning to be a leader. You're just kind of copying everybody else's strategies and principles. Uh Uh, Rarely do you find someone totally unique. And then the second stage is like an adolescent phase. You move to experimentation. Uh, so to move out of echo stage where are just copying, you have to be willing to take risk. And it's like my friend says, yet be willing to fail often and fail fast. Uh-huh. And so one of the you know feature film workers that I, uh, the CEO I work with, he was about to make this you know this little movie called the Lego Movie. Not sure if you ever heard of it before. I have heard it, but he. But it was like he was uh, having trouble with it and struggling with it. And so he got the guys that did Cloudy with a Chance on Meatballs. Uh, you know, and he had them become the directors. And wow. they said after about a few weeks, they, they looked at him and said, hey, man, we can't work with you anymore. And they go, why not? Or he goes, why not? And, he, and they said, well, you're a perfectionist, man. Because ah. our, our, our culture is about failing often and failing fast. So at this stage you have to be ready to this like go for it and be know that there's lots of failures expect it. But if you don't have that ability to at least put out a version 1 and have a version 1 mindset, yeah, then you're going to stuck. Yeah. And so and then the third stage is you know after you move from experimentation you move to emergence. And emergence is when uh, you start to to notice like hey, this is pretty good. I'm good at this and this is unique. And so you start to extract things in the experimental phase of what's working, what's clicking, what's like, what's you, what's not you. And then the next stage after emergence is uh, expertise. You start to get good at it and start to to flow. And then the next stage is what we call the entropy stage. The entropy stage is, it's like when you're thinking, man, I'm doing so awesome and this is great. I'm loving life. Something hits you from the side that you didn't expect and takes you to entropy where (laughs) <laughs> things just seem to be like deconstructing around you. It's the, that's what Brene Brown calls like the wilderness experience. And so how do you handle the wilderness? And we could talk about that sometime because this is probably the most crucial stage where people die in the wilderness or they learn to thrive mm. and they come out of it better than they were before. So the wilderness stage is a really crucial phase to understand how do you get out of the wilderness and what's there to learn in the wilderness after the wilderness, the wilderness helps accentuate usually what I call the elixir. And that's the next stage is where you find what is the secret sauce that like, God wants to give you, the special gift in the wilderness that's going to help you scale or to help you become everything you need to be. So it's the elixir phase. And then after the elixir is elegance. And that's when you learn to like dance, man. Because you know how people say life, is, life's a journey, you know, and And I said, no, no, it's not like that. There's a guy named uh, Alan Watts, who's a philosopher. And he says, you know, when you're on the dance floor, you're not trying to take your your partner to some place on the dance floor. That's not the goal. The goal is just to be with them. You know, you're breathing them in. You're intoxicated. You're with them. And so at some point in your life, you get to the point of convergence where there's this elegance phase where life's like a dance more than a journey. And then the last stage is exponential. And that's when things just start to multiply and it may not even be during your lifetime it may be like your kids kids but you're planning seeds for succession the future multiplication
0: wow that's awesome so, so I, I was i'm a note taker dave so stage one echo stage two experimentation stage three emergence stage four expertise stage five entropy stage six elixir stage seven elegance stage eight exponential here's my question where do people yeah, yeah. get stuck? Where do people normally kind of get stuck? Because I don't think everybody gets the exponential all the time.
1: No, they don't. I think most people get stuck in two areas specifically. They get stuck in uh, right before they hit experimentation, you know, because they're either perfectionists or they did they, they they can't dream. They don't mm. have an optimistic view of life. They just get stuck. They're not willing to take risks. Yeah. And then the second place I'm finding most people are stuck today is in the the entropy stage, the wilderness stage. And mm-hmm. this stage is really crucial, man, because, you know, a lot of times, like when you're in a, you're stuck in the wilderness, you just say, God, I can't believe I'm here. Yeah. And then, and then people are just disoriented and then they want to get out and, you know, somehow, but then they're not getting out. And so then they say, God, help me to endure. But then God wants, you know, he wants to do more than that. He wants to, he wants you not, more than to endure. He wants you to have joy. <coughs> Excuse me. That's good, I, and and then I have another question. I think
0: the I think the um, the 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 stages of you know, the innovation journey that you just shared with us is intriguing. Um, going back to stage seventh, elegance, um, where 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 life is a dance, not a journey. Can you can you contextualize that a little bit? Can you give us an example, maybe of, of that you've seen or you've experienced, or uh, of what that what it feels like when a person is in that elegance stage.
1: Well, I think it's especially true for a lot of us who are evangelical Christians, where we're all about like the destination. I can't wait to get to heaven. <laughs> you know, now you probably heard this before. The only reason why we're here left on earth is to lead other people to Jesus. You know, that's <laughs> it, man. And, you know, why else would God leave leave us back here on the planet besides just to lead people to Jesus? Hmm. And so, um, and then we're talking about second coming of Christ. And so, you know, I understand that because life can be really horrible, but, but I think what it means is that, Hey, it's not just about like that end end game is that it can be right now. Yeah. You know, so we can enjoy this moment that we're in in the present, you know, soak it in. It's like eating a good piece of steak (laughs) or or, or you're watching a a good movie and you don't want it to quit man, this is so good. Or you're in a song that someone's singing or you're watching a dance or you go, this is amazing. Yeah. You don't, you know, so it's being in that moment, not just thinking about the future. Yeah. You know, two, two, two words, you know, two
0: concepts from the Bible come to mind that I always like to share with people. Cause I think people think that they're the same eternal life, which is what we're mm-hmm. looking forward to, but then there's abundant life and yes. we don't have to wait. We have to wait for eternal life. I mean, eternal life, that's when God calls, when he calls us, when it's our time. But abundant life is here and now. And that's what you're saying right now. How do we live and, and experience that now? And that's, uh, man, I I pray that our leaders, pastors, ministry leaders, marketplace leaders could, could tap into this innovation journey and really take steps because, man, I can't even imagine just 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 really feeling that elegance. I'm in that stage, which can lead to exponential. And I think it's interesting that you mentioned exponential can be in in my lifetime. It could also be ahead. I'm setting up my future generations ahead, you know, to to move even farther and to, and to man, this is good, Dave. I, I like this. I like this. I, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna segue a little bit here into something that I heard you talk about and I got to translate for you, which is the flow. When you talk about flow, when people talk about, man, I want to be in the flow, talk to us a little bit about, about this, what, you know, what it means to be in the flow zone, uh, what that means, um, how to understand it. Come on, bring it to us.
1: Yeah. You know, it's really a powerful thing. It's, it's like when your, your brain can be certain part of your brain could be suspended and it just slows down. And it's like, you're totally present. You know, you're in the dance, you're in the zone. You see it, the fruit of it, like Stephen Curry's at you know on the basketball court. Uh-huh. He, can shoot, he can shoot from anywhere on the court, and it's swishing. He's in a zone. In the zone. He's in a, he's in a flow state. Mm. You can feel mm. like sometimes you can see a musician or an artist singing, and you go, whoa. It's like transcendent. Mm-hmm. And it's like, the, it's like we're, we're not even there. They're lost in it. They're in a zone. Yeah. It's called a flow state. So that, that, this state really fascinated me. And then I, I found out that there's actually been studies on this. There's a guy by the name of Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi. It's a long name, but I guess he was like a social psychologist and he's wondering why his family and his friends out of world war II were unhappy. So he did his, this long study on it and he found out it has to do with flow. He goes that a lot of people get out of their flow so they can't be in the zone anymore and they stay unhappy. So, when I started studying this, I go, man, this is some really interesting theory. And I know sometimes we shy away because it sounds kind of new agey or, sure. or go- goofy and weird. But, you know, I started studying the Bible. And then I saw in, in John 5, it says, Jesus, he only did what he saw his father doing. Huh? Basically, he's dancing with God. He's, he's, he's living in a magical moment looking for his father. He's huh. one with him. And then you saw an example of his flow state in John 4 where you know, he's with this American woman and then he starts asking her questions and he's in a zone. Right. And then you see him listening to the father, interacting with her. And suddenly she's like enthralled with Jesus. And she, you know, after he says, Hey, do you have any husbands? And she goes, Oh, not really? And he goes, well, you probably have five. Mm-hmm. And she goes, I perceive you're a prophet. And then she goes, runs back to the village, and tells, "Hey, man, you got to come meet this guy because I never met a man like this before. You know, a lot of a lot of people, you know, have have you know used my body or seen my body, but you guys know me. Hmm. This man, this man that I've met right now, this is the first one that saw my soul. Yep. And so they all start running towards Jesus, but he was in a flow state. So this whole flow state just fascinates me. So I said, I wonder if this is really the magical part of life." You know, where we're not just thinking about the future all the time, about you know, about like trying to get people to some destination. Because that's not our job. That's Jesus and the Holy Spirit's job. Yeah. You know, our job is to love people well. I wonder if if this idea of the flow state could really help us to be fully present and authentic and vulnerable to be effective leaders. Because again, I think a lot of times we're so concerned about the product, the profit, the end game that we're not present with our our employees, our customers, our partners, and our friends and our family, and I think this is what the world's looking for right now. Can someone be authentically with me, or, I, or am I just like a, a product or one of their pieces before they get to the end game?
0: Yeah, this is good. I, I, I'd I'd like to get um, kind of practical life life practical life example. Have you? Can you share about an experience that you had where maybe you felt. I'm in the flow. Like I'm in the zone. I'm in the flow right now Uh, to kind of contextualize it a little bit for us. uh, Cause I think you're right. Some people might hear that and be like, that sounds That's not necessarily a biblical word, but I think when we, when we study how the Holy spirit empowers us and dwells in us, I think, I think he, he's a major player in that, in that scenario, in that equation of flow, but can you share with us maybe a personal experience of flow?
1: Oh yeah. I have so many. And by the way, it's also, can be from like um, the book of John, where the G, where Jesus talks about the vine and the branches uh-huh. being connected in a flow with the father. Right. So that's, that's a literal flow of energy. Um, but I, I, my example of this is there's multiple, but one would be, uh, there was this, um, I was, I was heading to New York cause this this, this, uh, major finance guy was asking me to come out every month. And then, so I Monday morning I put on my headset. I get into the limo like, yeah, this limo come pick me up to take me to LAX. And so I'm usually an introvert, so I like just to hang out by myself. And so when I got in the car, I just went to chill. And you know, I put my headset on, and then I felt I heard God say something. He said, talk to the driver. Huh. And so again, I'm not again, I'm not usually in that state because I'm usually in a zone by myself, but flow state is like being connected. Yeah. Connected to God, connected to, with my world. Okay. So it's yeah. like not just this way, but it's like vertical this way and horizontal. Too. Yeah. Uh uh-huh. It's so a both and. Yeah. Like can, it can be both and. It's like having a conversation with somebody as you're walking. Right. Yep. And so I heard that and I said, God, man, I don't want to talk right now. It's like, come on, man. This is me time. <laughs> and, and he goes, come on, man. You got to talk to him. So I go, okay. So, so I looked at the driver. I said, hey, what's your name, bro? And he says, my name is Muhammad. And I'm thinking, oh, man, this is going to be a long <laughs> conversation, you know, because I had a negative stereotype. Sure. Um, especially, specifically Muslims at the time. And so uh, he he did, So I then go, well, what do I say? And then I had this picture come to mind again, the flow state of who he was. And I said, hey, man, you're pretty educated, aren't you? I said, you probably got like a master's degree in business school. And he looked in the rearview mirror. And he goes, how did you know, man? He goes, yeah, I did. And then he goes, how did you get that? And then again, I was, I was learning how to go into the flow state. And then I just, I said, God, man, I have no idea what you want me to say now. Like, what else am I supposed to say? <laughs> and then I got this other picture. And it was a picture of a woman, a large woman. And so I didn't know how to talk about it. So I just said, hey, man, is there like a larger or bigger woman in your life? And he goes, yeah. Wow. And she's causing, me, she's causing me lots of trouble. And then we just started laughing. And then, and then he goes. How did you get that, bro? How did you know? And I said, Listen, I didn't really want to talk to you, um, to be honest. But I think it's God, and He yeah. wanted you to know. He wanted you to know that He really loves you. And he got really silent. You know, for the next 45 minutes, he didn't even talk. So I go, whoa. I said, that's nice. I was happy about it because I could relax. <laughs> so, but right before we pulled up to LAX, we we're like on 105, right, to pull down the, the driveway to the airport, uh, the main part of the terminals. And uh, he looked into the theater, rear view mirror and he said, sir, I think I'm about to cry. And I go, I said, I think that's God, man. I think if you said yes to Jesus, man, it, and experience Him, wow! I said you would. You're going to be a different person. I go. I don't want to force you to do that, but I think if you just prayed a simple prayer and experienced Jesus, I go. I think it'll it'd make everything new for you. I go. Would you like to do that? I guess yeah. I go. Okay. Well, when we pray, but keep your eyes open. <laughs> and I said. And I said, uh, say something like this. I mean, I had him pray something like Jesus, you know, touch every cell of my body with your love. And I say yes to you. I surrender myself to you. He prayed every word. And then he said, amen. And then that was right at the time he pulled up to the airport mm. on terminal. And he goes, wow. I kept chills all over my body, Dave. Mm. And I said, yeah, man, that's the Jesus. And he opened the door. And he started coming way around to pick, uh, open my door, and I I felt God say, again, hey, give him everything in your wallet." <laughs> so I said, "No, guys, because I just went to the ATM and I had this big <laughs> roll of cash because <laughs> I, I was going to New York where you had to do all these tips and stuff." And I said, I "No, Lord." <laughs> and, then, and then and then he says, "Then I felt God say, uh, I, I know it's you know I, I know it's hard for you to give.'" But, but Dave, you just need to learn how to give things away. And I knew the Lord was talking to me. Yeah. And so, so he opened the door. And then I said, hey, man, here's I, I gave this wad of cash. And he pulled away from me like I was had a disease. He ran to the other side of the car. And he said, uh, sir, I cannot take your money. For you have given me something better than money. And that was it. Wow. So that, that was a flow state. You know, it's, it's cool because it's, it's like – what I, what I tell people, it's like just being cognizant of God, like everywhere you go. Because remember it says pray without ceasing. Yeah. And so you'll mm-hmm. wonder, what does that look like? You realize it's not just you talking and asking, it's you engaging and listening. And so it's being fully present, yeah. not just going from LAX to New York. But as I'm in a moment on the, you know, walking through life, I'm engaging the people because they're portals of God. Yeah. I mean, there are there some of them? And some of them are people I need to engage to love. Are you following Avail on social media? If you answered no, what are you waiting for?
0: You can enjoy encouraging content, get updates on all our latest resources, and connect with leaders just like you, all from the comfort of your couch. There's no better account to visit in between appointments or over morning coffee. If you haven't found us on Instagram and Facebook yet, look up The Art of Avail and click follow. We can't wait to see you there. Man, you know as you're ta- as you're talking I, I can't help but think that's why Jesus told the disciples, "Hey, I got to go, but it's better that I go." Cuz cuz the Father is going to send the helper. And um I can't help but think that the flow is when we are completely open and connected vertically to just God's presence in us so that we can horizontally transmit, relay, uh, translate, you know, God's presence, love, you know, peace. I think, I think when, when somebody has experienced that, I mean, I, I could I can think of times even, even, even when preaching where I felt like a download from the Lord in the moment, Holy. you know, Holy. from preaching, you know, in, in a, in a, you know, a sermon to, to a conversation or a God moment. Um, is there any, uh, I mean, obviously I think tapping into God's word, right. And being open to it, but is there, uh, is there any tips that you've learned or anything in the study and the research that you've done that, that kind of helps someone stay stay in the flow longer, you know, or more consistently?
1: Yeah, there's multiple things that help with the flow state. One is you can't flow usually alone. So, so flow states recognizing like the presence of God. Yeah. And then also it's to be in community with people because people make you real. It's not just like sitting by somebody but it's engaging them knowing who they are listening to their story watching their body movements to try to understand them you know because again people are made in the image of god so they're magnifying and communicating who he is I remember cs lewis he talks about this he says man if we really saw people as they are the way god sees them because we'd be tempted to worship them it's a pretty weird statement right but what i get what he's saying he's saying they're humans are so magnificent because mm-hmm. we're made in this image we reflect this power, yeah and so to me it's it was really helpful, I think you know to to get in the flow state was to see that my interaction by being present and then engaging people was a way for me to commune with god and 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 said, so I don't know if we were taught that. we kind of know it like as a subsidiary part of our main focus on the Bible, yeah. Um, but we're, we have such a high regard for the Bible, which is right. But I think we've limited God speaking to us through just the reading of scripture, listening to a sermon and doing a small group Bible study. When God's speaking to us through nature, it says in Romans one, yeah. he's speaking through to us through visions and dreams. He speaks to us through people and even animals he'll speak through. So, yeah. so to me, it's like, if this is true. We've limited our range to hear god's voice to one radio station when there's like so many other potential frequencies for us to tap into yeah so the flow state, I think, is recognizing like that we need to be present not just think about the future it's like and then it's, and it's not just seeing like uh listening to a sermon uh, but it's listening to one another and to the moment and then and then god will start to speak to us as we're fully present Praying without ceasing, but it's more listening than speaking.
0: Yeah. Why do you think? Before we jump into just a challenging topic, uh, in the final stretch, why, why, why do you think it's important? Why would you say, Dave, it's important for leaders to understand this, to to to, to, to want to lean into and understand what it is to be in the flow state and to and to have that be in that zone?
1: Well, I think. The the challenge, especially for boomers, a lot of people, you know, we we have this ambition to get things done, to to make it happen. Uh So much to the point that we're so focused on the end game that we don't really see people. And I think it's demonstrated with our children. It's demonstrated in our partnerships and our relationships with our family. So people feel like they're used or they're not even seen and loved. So I think it's important for us to be authentic leaders that we don't have to just be so driven on the end game, the profit that um, you know a lot of that's really up to God to give us the harvest, right? That's what that Paul talks about. that a lot you know there's some who plant seeds, others who water, but God gives the increase. Mm-hmm. So ultimately God gives the increase. So I think it's important mm-hmm. for leaders to in the process to see even if you don't make a profit, you can profit by ha- having this engagement with individuals. And so I think it's important for them that way. And I also think it's important for them in terms of just knowing how to communicate. Because I think a lot of leaders, people don't feel they're real, like they don't understand who they are. Right. They're just just kind of too lofty or way up there. Mm -hmm. So a person who's fully present uh, and truly listening, I think they really reflect the heart of God. And there's probably not a better way to demonstrate love and blessing than to really be a great listener.
0: Yeah, that's good. I think as leaders, I think what you said is true. We we have a tendency to to be on the go. Hey, what's next? And we can mm-hmm. miss not only the moment, we can miss the person. And um, there's something there that that can help us be better leaders, um, mm-hmm. that people can relate to more, and 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 even feel more connected to. I think I think we are better leaders when we connect well with people. Um, and I love that both and we connect with the Lord vertically. We connect with people horizontally and uh and that's good there's probably more that we can unpack there i want to i want to transition into something that's caught my attention when you and i were talking about some of these topics uh but but you know it's this this aspect of of conflict and political polarization but not just between us here and them out there within within the body of christ even as christians even families right there's this high political polarization, this high tension conflict that, that is tearing apart relationships that is causing division. Um, Can you talk, talk a little bit to this and and, and what what we can do about it?
1: Man, uh, it's such a huge topic, but it's such an important topic that we probably can't address in a couple minutes, but it's something that we shouldn't shy away from Mm. because I think this is really the uniqueness of those who know Christ. Like we, this is, this should be like the, like one of the evidences of our knowledge of Christ mm-hmm. that we know how to work through conflict and that we know how to mm-hmm. love our, who we think is our enemies. I mean, cause what's the big deal? You can just love someone like you, you know, really the dream is to love someone not like you. Um, there's a little glitch there, huh?
0: Yeah. Let's pause for a second. Okay. Let me write this down. This is at minute 29.
1: Yep. Sorry. Sorry. There's something glitched. I saw some glitch.
0: No, I saw it too. I was, I was curious if you saw it. Let's, let's take it back. Let me just, let me, I think it wasn't glitchy when I asked the question. Let's take it. Let's just take it from the answer. I just asked specifically, Hey, the political polarization, the, the, the conflict, talk to us a little bit about that and what can we do about it?
1: Yeah. And if it gets glitchy again, just tell me and then, okay. We'll stop. And then if I have to, I'll, I'll, I'll wire something up, hardwire. No,
0: no problem. So let, let's take it from there, right from that question into the answer in three, two, one.
1: Yeah, it's such a critical concern for me because if you think about the uniqueness of those who know Jesus, is that they're able to transcend the differences. They know how to reconcile. They know how to love their enemies. Because what's the big deal if you can like someone who is like you? Mm -hmm. You know, that to me was like the big ambition for us from God. The dream was love God, love your neighbor, your neighbor, someone not like you. Mm. I think that that's that's the greatest apologetic for those who know Jesus. They can love someone not like them. Yeah. And so so to me, I think it's crucial. Um, And so what we do is like to address that we make it a, a natural part of our conversation. Like, how do you how do you resolve conflict? You know, as someone who's politically different than you, who may not hold the same social positions as you, they may look at LGBTQ different than you. They may look at uh, race different than you. But how do you go there? Um, I, oh, by the way, I think it's important, too, because um, the church has to model this for the, uh, the family, mm-hmm. because I don't, I don't think parents don't know how to even deal with their kids who are very different in terms of their, their morals and how sure. they live life. So the way we've addressed it is we've addressed it by making sure we're intentional about conversations about it, uh, where we try to listen to each other and try instead of trying to convince one another. And then we use the Romans 14 model, where it talks about those who are strong and those who are weak. And usually we think, you know, we're the strong ones because we have the right biblical position. All these other people are so weak, man. They're so unbiblical. <laughs> but I think that's why Paul addresses it in Romans 14. He says, some of you think you're strong, some of you think you're weak. He says, basically, you need to still stop passing judgment upon one another. He says, don't be a stumbling block. You know, he says, be fully persuaded in the Lord Jesus yourself. And then basically, so pursue peace with each other and mutual edification and be willing to sit around the table and respect one another. And I think that's the key. I I see very similar to the salvific way we understand um, evangelism Mm -hmm. is that ultimately I'm not the one who saves a person or convinces a person that has to be the work of the spirit. Yeah. So I think if, if we let the spirit change people, I think then when we can relax and focus on loving the person, try to understand them versus try to change their mind.
0: Yeah, that's good. I, th- I think that's good advice. Um, you know, I think we find ourselves as leaders sometimes in the middle, um, do i say this or not who will this offend who who won't be happy uh too little too much um from your from your uh experience in these last couple of years as you're as you're working with you know high level leaders um, um how have you seen this tension negatively affect a leader an organization you know people from your perspective
1: Oh, man, it's been huge. I think a lot of Christians are now written off by secular society. Wow. Because they have not been able to understand how to navigate the conversation around so- some of the social concerns. And um, they got so Christians got very tribal and they they siloed up and, ver- and they made it we versus them mm-hmm. or us versus them. and um, And because of that, there's no respect from a lot of I know the friends that I have in the marketplace with Christians. Wow. So it's gotten pretty pronounced. The Christians think they're really some of them think they're being bold and courageous, but the reality is they're that's they're not being bold and courageous to me because it's actually more courageous to be able to go into enemy territory to them, right? Not, not me, but it's like enemy ter- and to know how to love well. And I think um, and I think they and I think the world knows that that Christians are supposed to be loving. And they see how they talk and what they're against and how they talk about e- issues. And they, they look at that and they see angry people. Right. And, and people that are against a lot of things and they don't know how to engage and listen. They just know how to preach at people. And because of that, I think I think Christians are written off on a lot of, a lot of the places I go to. So if leaders don't get this, I think they're going to find they're going to have tough relationships with their children. They're going to have a tough time finding congruence between their faith and then how they live in the marketplace. Yeah, that's good. Hey leaders, this has been some very
0: insightful conversation with the one and the only Dave Gibbons. Uh, I think we should pay attention to how we're leading, how we're carrying ourselves and also asking God for wisdom as we lead our teams, our organizations, in some cases, our churches and ministries because how we lead matters. Uh, Dave, this has been awesome. Uh, I'd love for people to ha- have an idea how they can connect with you if they want to kind of learn more, hear more, or just connect a little bit with you. What are the best ways for, for them to know more about you?
1: Yeah, just go to at Dave K Gibbons, G-I-B-B-O-N-S on Instagram. That's the easiest probably, or Twitter, Dave Gibbons, at Dave Gibbons. Or you can go to my website. Uh, it's davegibbons.org, D-A-V-E-G-I-B-B as a boy, org. and then we have one more site called three cultures the so number 3 mm-hmm. culture.com and that's our that's that's our training site our experience site that we offered for leaders i think that'd be cool and then there's some books you can look on amazon that you can check out that i've written
0: very cool. Look it up, everybody. Dave Gibbons. Find him on social media, davegibbons.org, threeculture.com. And uh, you can check out some of Dave's books. I will mention this, Dave. We have the Avail Journal. And to all the listeners and viewers out there, the Avail Journal is a quarterly Christian Leadership Magazine that is beautiful, feels good, looks good, has great content. I think on along our leadership journeys, it's always good to have good resources. So you can claim your free annual subscription at availjournal.com first year's on us availjournal.com i dare you to go get it <laughs> it's awesome uh, dave can we just close off just with a final thought just a final thought or encouragement for our leaders
1: yeah i i, I you know maybe just remember this, something very practical you know the bible talks about be still and know that i'm god mm-hmm. we talked about being present being able to see the beauty now this magical life being praying without ceasing one practical thing that helps me is just my breathing. <clears throat> and so maybe remember this thing I was taught by an athlete's wife who's really big on health. She says, remember four, seven, eight. You inhale for four seconds through your nose, you hold for seven, you exhale for eight. It's four, seven, eight. So exhale slowly for eight. Try that. Whenever you get under stress or anxiety, you're trying to just kind of be present, that'll immediately bring your body into a present moment. Because usually your brain is operating at 35% oxygen. Huh. When, you're, when, you're, when, you're, when you're under stress or anxiety, it goes down to 5%. So you get disoriented and you start seeing things in a distorted way. That's why we say crazy things. And so if you want to get present, start thinking objectively again and making wise decisions, just be still, know that he's God. Breathe. 478.
0: <laughs> 478. I like that. I'm going to use that later today and I'm going to share that with my wife. That's very good. Hey, Dave, on behalf of Dr. Sam Chand, Martin Van Tilborg, our whole AVAIL leadership team, we just want to say uh, we're thankful for you. We're proud of you. We honor you for the work that you do uh, for the kingdom. And uh, in today's society, you're, you're helping leaders making a difference. Thank you for what
1: you do. Thank you. It's my joy, Virgil. Good being with you. <laughs> yes, sir. Hey, everybody.
0: I hope you've been blessed and encouraged. As always, man, we talk. We talk good helpful, practical leadership things here on the on the Avail podcast. Uh, my name is Virgil Sear. I'm lead pastor of Vertical Church. I'm your host for these Avail podcasts every week, and it has been an honor to be with you, to be with Dave Gibbons, and we hope to catch you next time right here on the Avail podcast. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the avail podcast with our guest, Dave Gibbons. You can find out more about Dave on social media and by going to davegibbons.org and threeculture.com for more leadership resources, check us out at theartofleadership.com and make sure to claim your free annual subscription of the avail journal at availjournal.com. As always, I'm your avail podcast host. Virgil Sierra. Muchas gracias. Thank you for connecting
1: with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail podcast.